Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids sipped. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. Such a madness around here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to DDP Today, a show that's a little about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. My name is Justin, and tonight I am joined by two of my brothers. One I see, I've seen quite a bit here recently. The other one is fresh back from london did you did you wave and say hello to the queen right before her jubilee dave how are you mate i'm good mate uh yeah the, we were i was there just before the jubilee it was already ramping up and getting uh kind of busy and crazy over there so um but had five days uh working for uh mcm comic-con which was a whole lot of fun uh hosting that event uh and then came back in and hit the ground running and straight back into tours and uh the craziness of disney world which is ramping up for the season my friend it is getting Mm -hmm. hot and it is getting busy Mm. my phone's been blowing up i've got um clients they're on it's his wife's first trip his daughter's or his kid's first trip both of them um and his first trip since he was eight years old and they contacted me. Actually, he's the one I bought my car from. Uh, he's the general manager of the dealership. And we hit it off right away because we both went to, went to the University of Kentucky. Like, we held this in common. Had no idea we both lived here. Yeah. And um, he called me shortly after. He's like, I want to go back to Disney after talking to you. <laughs> and this was back a year ago. This trip's been planned forever. And today was their arrival day. Amazing. And they're staying at Animal Kingdom Lodge. <sighs> Jumbo and he's tech, he's blowing my phone right now. He's like, "Dude, look outside!" And there's four uh, giraffes right outside their window. And I'm like, "You tell me anywhere else in the United States that you can have that experience? It just does not does happen. it exist? That is what makes it so <sighs> unique. Like, dude, already they like, haven't I touched get a park chills yet. And just yeah, for that yeah. moment, just for <laughs> just for others being able to experience yep. that 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 wonder and awe that comes with that first trip." We were chatting last night. We always, I always do a call. You know, I'd like to do it three days before, but just schedules. It worked out the day before they left. And we were chatting last night, and I had me on speaker with his wife. And we were talking about Genie Plus and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And, and she asked me, she was like, what about the resort? And I'm like, listen, I know that the one thing you want to do more than anything is you want to do the um, uh, the safari you know, at Animal Kingdom. That was your main thing. And that's why we picked this resort because the safari is outside your window. I mean, you're going to, and just tonight for it to be the first night, as hot as it's been and rainy and all that, for the animals to be as active as they are, I'm so happy they're getting that wow factor yep. immediately. Right out and, of the uh, gate. Absolutely oh, so cool. that's awesome. So speaking of wow factors, yeah, wow uh, factors. My, <laughs> other, my other brother is uh, is up where um, a star of Tiger King just got arrested, and uh, you can go see giraffes and zebras and lions and tigers and bears all my up in Myrtle Beach. Mike, how are you, bud? 
Good, yeah. As a matter of fact, the guy Doc Antilli from the uh, Myrtle from the uh, Myrtle Beach Tiger King show, he's at my jail, so I get to hang out with him tomorrow <laughs> night. I'm looking forward to that. Um, my job is always interesting, and that just adds another element to that. I'm sure that's going to be a, a fun conversation because I will certainly be with him tomorrow night. That's there you for go. sure. Um, yeah, so that'll be interesting. But more interesting that I'm happy about my mom's in town. You know, she got to come down from New York, got to visit for a few days. She's enjoying the beautiful South Carolina weather. We actually had some pretty bad rain Saturday. But today was a beautiful day. We hung up by the pool. We had some food trucks come down to our uh, our amenity center. We had a DJ that came down, balloon animals for the kids, kick off to the summer that our uh, our little development here kicked off. So uh, she gets a little bit of that little southern lifestyle. She's happy to be down here. I'm happy she's here. Uh, and I get to hang out with the Tiger King tomorrow. So, uh, I mean, you know, what's better than that? It's pretty. It's a pretty interesting lifestyle, that's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, things things have been busy here. Like Like Dave said, things are heating up with Disney World. We uh, just coming up here in a three days. We've got the packages opening up for 2023. I have a list a mile long of uh, people wanting to book vacations. So my job is is very busy at the moment. Um, but you know, one of my favorite things is happening this Friday. Ooh, I remember, I remember, guys, when I was young, and I would say, Mike, this was like kind of your probably your Star Wars moment, going to the movie theater and seeing a dinosaur, seeing seeing a dinosaur for the first time ever on the big screen when Jurassic Park hit theaters and just being absolutely blown away as a kid about these incredible movies that were made. Now, the first one, I, I will say it's one of my top five movies of all time, Jurassic Park. The second one, okay. Third one, okay. Yeah, yeah. But the new ones, oh, I've really enjoyed them. They're really I've fun. I've really enjoyed them. So this brings me to this. Mike, I'll start with you first. Where does Jurassic Park and, let's say, the sequels afterwards, and especially the new ones uh, now, um, with the third and final coming out this Friday, uh, where do they list on your, on your list of movies of all time? I would definitely put the original Jurassic Park as one of my top movies. Uh, as what a hobby that I had when I was younger, and I had my first apartment as a kid, uh, you know, my early twenties. I set up a, a like a really nice surround sound system, and Jurassic Park was like the pinnacle of if you can get that to sound really cool, then you've got to, you've mastered mm -hmm. your home theater system. So I watched that Jurassic Park movie so many times, only because I would have the subwoofer under the couch, and when the thump, Thump, and you would see that the you know the glass would move and I mean I know the movie Inside and Out I watched it a million times I loved it I love the sound and the special effects that were in that and for that movie at that particular time was uh, you, you just had to watch it because of all of the, uh, the 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 technology at the time of how good it was so that was definitely that ranks high on my list I kind of agree with you on how the other ones rank uh, you know they're they're okay but the first one was definitely one of the best. Second, third one, but let's move into Jurassic World, Dave. Um, I promise, guys, I know this is really a universal property, but this is leading to somewhere for this topic tonight. Uh, Dave, Jurassic World, the third and final, and they're bringing back the originals. <sighs> I'm so excited. I, I, I love it. I already have tickets to go Saturday oh, night. Oh, wow. I, I yeah. don't know what I'm doing with my life. I'm sure I'll get to see it sometime soon. But um, really quickly, here's, here, is my, here is my weird fact about Jurassic Park. All right? You know me, I love music, okay? And the mm -hmm. theme of Jurassic Park is possibly one of the most iconic pieces of music yes, ever written. Yes, it's so good. It's way up there. John Williams, just between Star Wars and Indiana Jones and Harry Potter and Jurassic Park, there's just some of the most iconic pieces of music. Jurassic Park did not win Best Original Song and Score 
uh, for the year that it was uh, that it was released at the theater. It did not win the okay, Oscar. Okay, hold on, hold on. Jurassic Park came out in what ninety seven, something like that. Something like that. Maybe if only there was a handheld digital device with access to all the information in the world. Hold on. I'm just trying to think of what movie in that time frame could have possibly won best score over Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park original was ninety three. Ninety three. Okay. Yeah. So what 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 could possibly have beat it? Go ahead. So it didn't win, and the. I mean, the caveat is that John Williams still won the Academy Award because he was competing against himself with Schindler's List. Oh, that's another great <laughs> Which is another though. great piece of music. I mean, on any given year, standing alone on its own, Jurassic Park should have won against yeah. just about anything else. But it didn't win. Um, with that said... Uh, one of one of the greatest. I'm really looking forward to the new one coming out, and that got me to thinking instantly about one of my really favorite attractions growing up as a kid at Walt Disney World. It terrified me when I was <laughs> younger, and it's still to this day, even though it's dialed back a little bit, can terrify me at times. I really enjoy it, and that is Dinosaur, formerly known as Countdown to Extinction. So tonight, guys, we are going to be doing a Disney Dads in depth of dinosaur um so let's chat a little bit before we get into the pre-show the queue the ride itself let's talk a little bit about your first impressions of this mike do you remember riding this your first time i remember riding dinosaur i never got to ride countdown to extinction that was kind of before my time that was in the era where i wasn't going there with the kids it was you know like my college years so uh, that i didn't get to do the original countdown to extinction but when i actually got to go with sarah and sammy as little kids uh as they were brought up in their childhood i remember doing that for the very first time uh bringing them to animal kingdom the first time they went was kind of my first time going because i hadn't gone to the park since i was younger so you know with with the park opening up in 98 uh that really wasn't the time frame where i was doing disney on a regular basis um you know i did it more as a kid so obviously it wasn't around then so uh my first time was with my girls for their first time and uh it was quite an experience Dave, you didn't, you know, you worked for the company, but when you first came, I think you maybe got to go to the parks once before you jumped on the cruise ship, and that was it. So, really, your first experience would have been with Dinosaur as well. I don't think you ever saw Countdown to Extinction. Definitely not. Didn't see Countdown to Extinction. i way too young for that. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, of course. Um, what's, your, what's your first thoughts the first time? Do you remember the first time riding it? Um... I'm pretty sure I didn't do it on that first visit, so I probably did it at some point during a vacation break uh, off ships uh, when I was visiting the parks. And, um, uh, and I mean, I enjoy it as an attraction. It's a really fun ride. Um, I feel like it's got such heavy competition in that park for great rides, though, mm-hmm. um, that it, uh, it my first visit to it does not, stick out as a oh my goodness i got to ride this attraction so well i think too i so i remember riding countdown to extinction i was in the parks around that time it is an opening day uh attraction built and opened april 22nd in 1998 um which makes it a i think an iconic one i think it has to stand the test of time it's it's perfect right there and look for me whenever i go into dinoland <laughs> Dino Land's kind of like that stepchild. I mean, it's just like, oh man, you want it to be fantastic, you know? And uh, it's just not, you know, it's, it's just, it's not 
everything it could be, but this is the one attraction that draws people over there. And I really, really do enjoy this. I remember writing this as a kid and just being terrified <laughs> because the attraction used to be darker and louder and have some, you know, some stuff in it. And we'll get into all that. But guys, let's talk a little bit about Michael Eisner. You know, he comes in and he says, Mike, he says, look, I want to take this attraction and I want it to be um, something that you load inside and then the attraction goes outside. And then that changes over time, and he really changes it because of the theatrical release of Dinosaur, you know, later in the day. Um, so for me, Mike, whenever you're looking at the history of this, give me some fun facts, man, about the uh, history of Dinosaur Countdown to Extinction. Well, we did talk a little bit about how uh, it was a little bit more of a rougher ride. And, and with that, wanting to include more people, the height requirement changed. Now, you don't usually see that too often. The height requirement was originally, I want to say, 46 inches. And now it's down to 40. So that they could get more kids involved in that. And I think that's pretty cool to give uh, the kids their first thrill ride. Because it is a pretty thrill and exhilarating ride. I mean, it's got a lot of ups and downs and bumps and, and you know, uh, you know herky-jerky kind of motion. And obviously some scare factor to it. And the fact that they were able to bring the... Height, the height size down from 46 down to 40 opened up a whole new I mean you know when you hit those 40 41 42 43 those couple of inches there there's a huge difference of a lot of kids that you're now being able to include but having that earlier age of uh, being able to get a smaller kid on the ride I know we've always measured our kids when it comes to what rides they can go on and then to have a ride go down from 46 to 40 I think is a pretty cool thing you know Dave one of those things too is whenever we talk about Michael Eisner and his kind of genius of using films for attractions and then vice versa attractions for films you know dinosaur was kind of on the back burner for a long time with the disney company and this kind of pushed it to the forefront but before dinosaur ever got the green light to be uh to be to be done you know not talking the traction talking the movie countdown to extinction michael eisner realized and i think this is a realization we're seeing now in the disney company that there need to have more thrill attractions and that's why you're getting guardians and you're getting tron and you're getting these um these e-ticket attractions that are coming in and drawing maybe crowds that aren't just five six seven year olds it's something for the adults too and that's something that at the time animal kingdom didn't have a lot of and so it really needed that and the one cool thing and i think Michael Eisner was a genius with this was he said, look, we have this technology sitting in Disneyland. Indiana Jones had just opened. Mm -hmm. You know, we have at the time the EMV uh, ride vehicles where they are programmed. You know, you might think that you are going over a bumpy terrain, but it's these ride vehicles that are manipulating uh, you as a rider to make you think that you're going down a hill or you're going over a log or, or a, a, you know, a stump or stuff like that. Um, for me, Dave, the ride technology, when it first came out, I remember watching a behind-the-scenes kind of documentary on it on TV as a kid, and it was really kind of brand new to the, to the, to the game as far as attractions go. Yeah, I mean, in its day, like thinking 1998, like – there was nothing else really like this. They were, they had just done it out in California, and they were like, let's let's use it again, uh, give it a different coat of paint, and give it a different storyline. But um, the the Indiana Jones slash Countdown to Extinction attraction was a cutting edge for its time period. Like it was, we we talk about these attractions that have uh, broken the mold and done something a little bit different, and like yeah. And as a result, they still hold up now as solid attractions um, 
even though technology has progressed and we now may be doing RFID and roller coasters and all sorts of that pivot and all sorts of crazy things like that. But this is, uh, is, uh, was and still is a really solid ride, a fun attraction. Um, I think bringing that, uh, as Mike said, bringing that height restriction down. I mean, 46 inches is a really high height restriction. Mm-hmm. If it was 46 inches... It's a random one, too. That means that only uh, only Rock and Roller Coaster would have been bigger than it. So yeah. it must have been very herky-jerky back in I'm the day. I'm telling you, I wrote it, and it was terrifying. I, I'll talk a little bit about that in a second, about what it was back then. Um, but I think the really cool thing, and I, you know, I don't know if we... I mean, I guess we do see this, but I think more so now... You know, the animation side of Disney influences the Imagineer side mm-hmm. of Disney rather than vice versa. You know, I'm sure it's happened prior to this, but really, this is the first time I remember the Imagineering side in turn, you know, uh, uh, going to the animation and being like, hey, why don't you do something with this? We and should Michael make a Eisner dinosaur the, movie. <laughs> we should make a dinosaur movie, which was on the back burner the whole time. And they finally do it. Now, listen. For those of you who have not seen it, it's not great. I mean, it's <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it's it's fine. Um, it also caused uh, what they wanted at the time to it changed the entire kind of theme of the ride. You know, to where now they're going to bring in a whole new star of the show. The Tyrannosaurus Rex does not get to be the star of the show anymore. Um, with uh, with with the uh, Iguanodon taking the lead spot right up I front. Mean, wow, who guessed that? <laughs> Right? Yeah, who's like, ooh, I know who Let's we'll put there. The Let's go Iguanodon. <laughs> um, they also, Michael Eisner said, listen, I know we don't have a ton of money at the time. We're expanding the parks. We're expanding the resorts. Why don't we just use the exact same pretty much layout as Indiana Jones? And that's what they did. They pretty much used the same track system, like same layout, same ECV. It's like all, it's all the same if you ride Indiana Jones and you ride this. So really, really good stuff. Mike, when we look at this attraction, the one thing that I love, because it had to have this, it had to be larger than life. Like, you cannot have a dinosaur attraction and come out and have these little wimpy dinosaurs like, meow. You've got to have larger than life animatronics, larger than life effects. I mean, some of the stuff they did for this thing were absolutely first rate. You're talking that the animatronics, each figure ran at about 3,000 PSI of hydraulic pressure and allowed for the smooth movements and everything like that. But that's not the only thing that was kind of huge about this attraction. Yeah, they had one of the largest smoke machines out of any theme park available, uh, which was kind of cool. And I mean, you don't really take that into fact or you don't realize that, but then when you start going through the ride and you see how it has that dark, ominous, kind of you know creepy, swampy feel, uh, you can definitely see how having a larger-than-life smoke machine plays into that. Um, I, you know, I was reading the whole thing about the larger-than-life animatronics, so I'm guessing... Now, is the Yeti actually bigger, but it just doesn't count because it doesn't move? Well, it's it's not audio. I mean, I guess it's only a uh, audio tronic. Well, now it is, but it used Audio-tronic. to be. But if it was still, if it still properly worked, would that be bigger than the dinosaur and the dinosaur? Let's talk ride? about this for a second. Is this are the dinosaurs the largest audio animatronics in the Disney parks? I believe so. I believe I from what I my research. Told me that it was. I don't think there's anything bigger. Sure. What, what about the um, what about the dinosaurs that were in? I mean, they're not there anymore. Ellen, but Ellen, yeah. Okay, so here's the fun part. They kind of took Ellen 
They're like, let's take this 47-minute attraction and let's turn it over and make it fun. Because I remember my biggest like hurdle with riding Ellen was if I had to pee halfway Are through. you implying that the Ellen's universe of energy wasn't fun? <laughs> oh, I will not hear it. What were they thinking with that? I mean, honestly. And it lasted so long. It was like whenever you had the great movie ride go, people were like, no, 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 you won't take, you know. Ellen, they were like, cool, shut the doors. We're good. Peace out. We're, we're good, man. We don't need this. Um, but they did. They kind of took that idea. Because I remember riding through Ellen and, yeah, you would see the dinosaurs, but they weren't like this. These dinosaurs come to life. Like right around, right around your vehicle. Um, so we've talked a little bit about, you know, like I said, the building of it, the idea of it, where it came from. But let's dive into the attraction itself, Dave. And whenever we're walking up to this attraction, you do get these amazing, you know, dinosaur statues. And as you walk through the queue, you do get some models and some, uh, you know, some some in the old knick-knacks. wing, as they refer to yeah. it later. Yes, the old yeah. wing where yeah. we get to see some of those skeletons. Uh, really quickly, uh, while we're talking about things walking up to it, I do love. Uh, uh, what we refer to as Sue, who is located uh, out the front of the attraction, uh, one of two replicas of the most complete Tyrannosaur skeleton ever discovered in South mm-hmm. Dakota, uh, named for the archaeologist who discovered her. Um, and fascinating that we get to have this, just this really cool, like, actual dinosaur element uh, present at our Dino Institute uh, in Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park. It's so cool. It's man. awesome. It's it's there's we need to do a show on like stuff like that. Like actual things that are in the parks that allow you to kind of go back in history or go back in time. Like lo- t- talking about, you know, um over in the Hall of Presidents. Ooh. Going over and on the floor, yep. you know, the, the you get the presidential seal. seal and yeah, presidential and, seal, which it's only there's only two. That's it. You know. One in the one in the Oval Office and one right there in the Magic Kingdom, and that's all there is. Amazing. So, so yeah, there are, it's, a really, it's a really cool yeah. little nifty piece uh, of of history that's right there at, outside uh, the attraction. But then, yeah, inside the attraction, uh, into the layout of it, and um, through like that giant turtle thing in the ceiling, and there's some fun <laughs> things in there. Like if you like if you stop and take a look around, it's actually pretty cool. Well, take me straight into the pre-show. Yeah. Um, you know, the pre-show has changed throughout the years, just like the attraction has. Uh, we talked a little about how the attraction changed back when it was, um, you know, before we dive into the pre-show, back when it was Countdown to Extinction. It was darker. It was louder. Um, a great example of how it changed was when the Carnotaurus comes up to your vehicle. Back then, you would hear the footsteps behind your vehicle like Ooh. it was chasing you, like a Jurassic Park type of thing. Whereas now, you hear a roar in the distance as you drive off into safety. Uh, so you get that. It's also, it's a lot lighter than it used to be. It used to be a lot darker and the vehicle is a lot less jerky than it used to be, which, uh, is what Mike alluded to with having the height requirement lowered from 46 to 40. So it makes it look, I liked the craziness of it. I, I liked that... leaving that thing thinking I'm getting thrown out and I'm going to be eaten by a Carnotaurus Amazing. and, and that's it. I yeah. find that really interesting that you say that because I mean, taking guests on this attraction they come off and little kids are like it was so dark it was so scary and oh and it was then much darker much before. of the adults are like oh it was so bumpy and jerky and you're like nope both of those <laughs> things are now less than it used to be so uh, and it's less loud and, it's it's the three things it's less bumpy and jerky 
It's 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 a lot less loud than it used to be, and uh, and yeah, it's much lighter, and it's actually gotten lighter because they've done uh, three refurbishments on this, and the third one really lightened it up quite a bit. Like it even even when it moved from Kandong Station to Dinosaur, um, it still had some dark elements. They've kind of went in and said, Nah, we're not going to do that. We're going to light this bad boy up. And yeah, if you ever, for those people, you're nodding right now, for those people who wrote it back when it was Countdown to Extinction, and you're going, yes, it was crazy. You would go through periods where you didn't see your hand in front of your face, and all of a sudden, just a Carnotaurus oh is right goodness. there. This is, yeah. um, well, for our listeners that are members of our Facebook group, um, I have been somebody who didn't get to write it. Uh, when you when this episode drops, uh, please sound off on our Facebook page. I want to hear your experiences of Countdown to Extinction, so... Um, well, Mike, let's talk a little bit about the, 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 the pre-show itself. You know, we did get our good buddy, Bill Nye, the science guy there for a while. Oh, I love Bill Nye, the science guy. I mean, you know, uh, he very much reminds me of, you know, when we had Lieutenant Dan over in, uh, you know, and, and on the other ride over in Epcot over in, uh, uh, Mission Space. Mission Space, I'm losing my mind tonight. You're good. Uh, it's got that calming kind of, you know, friendly, familiar place. So I, I loved having Bill Nye as a as a pre pre show ride guy. I mean, you know, who doesn't trust Bill Nye? Um, it's funny. After you during COVID, they didn't do the pre show at all. And as a Disney regular, I find myself, I found myself for years thinking, I wish I could skip the pre show of these attractions. I wish, I wish I could just walk through. And just, you know, I've seen them a million times. And then COVID just brought back this this realist, realistic moment to me of, you're missing part of the story. Like, what are you doing? Because when it wasn't there, I'm going, I, 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 I missed this part of it. Now, I love the fact that I have to stand and watch them. I absolutely love it. So now it was kind of this kick in the teeth like, hey, buddy, you know, I understand where you were before. Now, listen, if we still had Maelstrom, I would still walk through and watch the guy go. Oh, please watch my show, you know, and I'd be like, no, I'm good, you know, as I walk through to go to something else. That was the saddest show ever, Dave. Did you ever see it? Um, I I did. Um, no one ever watched no, it. of course not. The poor guy would just stand there and, like, you know, ask people to watch the show and just no one, everyone just walked right through. Um, taking us into the pre-show, we do get to meet uh, Dr. Marsh, uh, which is Felicia Rashad, uh, Felicia who, uh, who announces Rashad. the guest on board. The Time Rovers, and uh, we get a little bit of a backstory as to what we're going to be taking on. We do. Um, I, I love her introduction to it, uh, to the, the Time Rover, and that will literally transport you to the age of the dinosaurs. How? That's proprietary. But the result, I love that, just the way, like, she speaks with such authority on, on the matter. I, I, love, I love that bit. It's um, it, it's definitely good. It has some comedic moments to it. Whenever we do get to learn about uh, Aladar the Iguanodon, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to be off to rescue him, and that Doctor Seeker has kind of taken over the whole show. He has, and has said, yeah. And I love the fact his introduction to the whole thing is using a hand puppet. Uh, uh, it's which genius. Just, mm, Makes me <laughs> um, so happy. Here's the thing: Wallace Langham is actually a really funny actor. Uh, most people look at him and think CSI. Uh, he's done a bunch of other stuff as well, but he is quite a, a funny actor and has made some appearances in some really cool little bit pieces uh, over time. Uh, I there's a great meme that I have that reads: uh, I don't always visit the Dino Institute, but when I do, I get uh, I get 
hoodwinked into traveling back in time and rescuing an iguanodon. Uh, yeah, it. like it's great. Um, so, and it's got like a picture of the, of the Dino Institute. But yes, it's um, it's a fun little uh, setup for a plot line. And his, uh, I'd be traveling with you if I hadn't got in trouble for a previous <laughs> <laughs> visit that I was unauthorized for, or however he says it. So yeah. Um, Mike, you know, he, he says, Hey, we're going to put the, uh, the time travel systems and we are going to find the Iguanodon and we are going to go and we're going to bring him back, uh, to do this. Do you love the pre-show or is this something that maybe you would skip nowadays too? Uh, you know, like you said, I, the pre-shows do so much for the actual ride. Uh, I kind of like to be able to just kind of get through and get to the ride, but I do enjoy this pre-show. There are there are certain pre-shows that really build up to the ride. Mickey and Minnie's. You yeah, just exactly. had that experience. Well, yeah. Well, Laura had that experience. She got to do uh, Mickey and Minnie's. I haven't done the pre-show yet. I didn't like it. I'm go- I'm hoping on our next upcoming trip, I'll get to do it with the pre-show. Do the pre-show. Uh, Laura didn't. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, you know, it wasn't an option yeah. when I went. Just They just weren't doing it. So uh, Laura wasn't happy about the ride when she first did it. She said, oh, I like the movie ride better. And now that she got to do it with the pre-show, it made a whole different it made a whole different experience from her. So I am very much looking forward to doing Mickey and Minnie's again with a pre-show, as long as it's all going on and everything is all well. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. So I definitely think that this is one of those rides. I think Test Track, the the original Test Track, I yes. thought was an, was, an, was an amazing pre-show also because it gave you the whole about like you know being on a test drive in a car and the GM Institute and about all the the test patterns you're going through so that was another like pre-show that really set the stage for the ride um, the pre-show now is okay because you get to play with the cars and do all that kind of stuff but I actually missed the pre-show back in the old test track um, so but I definitely think that this pre-show adds to the dinosaur ride and says, instead of just going through and, and just seeing dinosaurs and being chased by them this gives you an idea of what you're actually doing the whole story behind it I think it's very important the only pre-show Katie hates is um, Soren. She can't stand him. <gasps> you oh, leave Patrick him. alone. <laughs> she My does. name is Patrick, and I'll be your chief flight Which attendant. We thought we were having another moment because I tried Joe's thing of uh, of trying to wear the kid's strap up the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, take my take my advice. I had to flag down a cast member to, to <laughs> unbuckle me because that is not an experience. Uh, lots of laughs were had that day. Let's just say oh, uh, say that way. Um, well, guys, let's talk about the attraction itself. As we now leave the pre-show, we come down those stairs. Um, guys, one of my favorite throwbacks is in this room. It's before you board. And it is the red, the yellow, and the white pipes above your head. If you turn around, you will see them. But, and, and I absolutely love the story behind well, it. And it all comes from... We've been referring to this attraction incorrectly this entire time, 20 minutes into this, and we still haven't said the full title because it, of course, was Countdown to Extinction, presented by McDonald's. I I mean, what doesn't tell you that you're about to expire like a fast food chain in the the late 90s? Like... (laughs) Which you are the spokesman for McDonald's, hey, so leave, Dave eats McDonald's. You leave McDonald's alone. I love that place. Fifteen times a week, it's crazy. Donna um, on the Donna on the drive-through, and I are friends. Okay, I know Donna just from being on the phone with stop you. Stop it! I'm, I'm screaming. Stop! Stop killing him. He's stop it. You're you're <laughs> killing my friend. Um, stop doing this. Um, so if you look over your head as a throwback back to like we said, and we'll talk a little about McDonald's and the uh, and the uh, kind of marriage that they had with this attraction. This is a throwback, though, and it is, when you look up at those pipes, it is the scientific, uh, the the makeup of ketchup, mustard, and mayonnaise. I know we've talked about that on the show before, um, but it's a great throwback. This, Mike, but that wasn't the only thing that... Yeah, oh, go there's ahead. there's one other uh, McDonald's link within there. I don't know if you know about this. Oh, 
No, I don't ever know this one. So when they filmed the second pre-show, when they redid the pre-show okay. uh, with yep. uh, Felicia and William uh, rather than Bill Nye, they weren't sure if the sponsorship was going to continue. They knew that the ride was changing, but would they renew the contract and have it also presented by McDonald's. And so right at the very end of the pre-show, um, Dr. Seeker is about to send you off and he says, and boom, you're back with one additional passenger, extra large. Oh. It was actually going I, to be a subtle McDonald's reference. I get it. Because late 90s, uh, early 2000s, right. ordering at a drive through I'll have that extra large, like, supersize me that whole time period. Uh, and so they had this, like, little bit in there, and we were like, is this going to... Nope, never mind. And so it kind of passes we'll everybody by. Yeah. And he says it. Because you're already walking out yeah. the door. He goes, boom, you're back with an additional passenger, extra large. Y- you know, the funny thing, too, man, is... Um, <laughs> 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 the funny thing, too, Mike, is it's... um. You know, it, this is a throwback to really Walt Disney because Walt Disney, when he builds Disneyland, does not have the money to build Disneyland, to build these attractions. So he reaches out to these companies around the world and says, hey, you want to sponsor a you know beverage cart? You want to sponsor an attraction? You want So this has been a marriage that started in 19, you know, even before 1955 and goes on even through this, you know, today. Uh, with some, with some, you know, Coca Cola, especially, you know, I think we did an entire show on this that you can mm-hmm. go back and find. Um, but there was a lot more McDonald's stuff going on in and around Dinosaur too, Mike. Yeah, they had a place uh, very close to the attraction called Restaurante Rosas, and they actually served McDonald's food, and they had a walk-up stand where you could get the what everybody loves, the McDonald's fries. I mean, who doesn't love McDonald's fries? And to be able to get them in the park would be a, you know, a fantastic thing because you know they're the most loved fries out of everywhere. So, I mean, it was great that McDonald's had that kind of companionship with them and able to bring that food into the park. Dave, can you imagine how happy you would be as a VIP tour guide to be able to go? Uh, would you like to get some quick service over here? And you, with your free meal, get, oh, I'm going to have a Big Mac with fries and this and that. And you get to eat your favorite thing all We've the time. We've already discussed that I eat it too much as it is. I probably, you eat it way too I much. I probably really shouldn't. Um, uh, yeah, that would, that, would be, that would be awesome. We should look Okay, well, that. this brings me to, <laughs> let me ask you this. Because I am a, I'm a stickler on, I don't think there should be outside food companies inside the Disney parks. Put Ooh. them at Springs, that's fine. Okay. But I don't think there should be a Starbucks in the Disney parks. Okay. And so for me, like the fact that there's no McDonald's, I love that. One, I don't eat McDonald's. Um, but two, I just don't I don't I don't think it fits the narrative. Okay, can but we back then can we stop talking about I mean, McDonald's? It's making me hungry and I'm about to like have to leave to go and do a quick Well you drive. have the girl's number in the yeah, in the drive through she'll Donna, just she'll, deliver she'll, it. Yeah, okay. Cool. Donna, you know, she'll <laughs> hook it up. Um well let's talk a little bit about the attraction itself, guys. We're not, look, we're not gonna go piece by piece. You can go before, ride it, you can go before we yeah. get on board. Yeah, I got, go ahead. I got one more Easter egg in that room. Ooh, let's hear it. Ooh. I love Easter eggs. Okay, so as See if I know you it. as you get to the load platform, uh, you get to the uh, what we call the group of the person who's uh, saying how many in your party and giving you assigning you a line. If you look directly past that person to the far wall, beyond the, per- the two people who are checking seatbelts, over on the back wall, there's a little bit of a code written on the wall, just a bunch of letters all jumbled together. And it reads, do you have it written there? 
Yep. Yep. CTX WDW AK98. Exactly. It should be WDI. I think it is. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Because uh, it stands for Countdown to Extinction, Walt Disney Imagineering, Animal Kingdom 98. There you go. Oh. So, C- so it's like a little tombstone. Yeah, it says it says Sector CTX WDI AK98. Well, let's talk about yeah. CTX also gets another throwback. This is another little thing. Right there with is the you ride get on vehicles board. themselves. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So they are they are CTX so is the ride it's vehicle. A CTX Rover, I think it says on the back yes, of it each is. one. Yep. So yeah. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, with the countdown to extinction throwback there. So look at us. Look. Uh, we are full of little uh, nuances about this attraction. Who know who knew that you could go for an hour about dinosaur? Who did? I did. I, because did. I love this attraction. <laughs> so let's talk about it. Hey, look, guys, I don't want to go scene for scene, but I do want to talk about some of the favorite things that happened throughout this uh, attraction. One, I want to talk narration because I think the narration for me sells this attraction more than anything. And I think a lot of other rides, if I was going to be on them and it's just a constant guy in my ear going, nope, that's not it. We need to keep going, you know, and it's just, it's one voice constantly that we get, you know, a seeker just in our ear talking about trying to find the Iguanodon. But it's done so well, and he plays that role with a little bit of sarcasm and a little bit of, ah, I don't really care about you. I care about the mission. Right. And so we're going to work our way through this. Uh, For me, that's a huge part of this attraction. Not only that, it's also him pairing with – so it's uh, they wanted to give us, like, the facts at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so you've got the automated computer voice that's telling you the types of dinosaurs that you're coming across. So it's the two of them kind of playing back and forth where the the female computer voice is like Oliaramus and Raptor and Hydrosaur and listing all these other dinosaurs that we're encountering along the way. And he's like, no, that's not it. Keep going. Like, I love that aspect of it. Let's play a little game here in the middle of this oh, as we God. hear Seeker. These are some of the ones you hear Seeker talk about mm-hmm. um, as, as we are going. Dave, I'm going to ask you a dinosaur, and you're going to try to spell it for me. Oh, okay? my God. Why do you hate me? <laughs> All right, here we go. The Saltosaurus. S A L T. It's also known as the sauropod. That is how uh, we know it through the yeah. thing. But it's actually a saltosaurus. Oh, well, sauropod's easy. <laughs> Let's do that. Right, go ahead. Sauropod. Sauropod is S A U R A P O D. That is incorrect. Really? Mike, would you like to try? Uh, not even. <laughs> oh, really? He doesn't have all the answers this time sitting in front of him. This time. <laughs> It never happened. <laughs> so close, man. Sauropod is S A U R O P O D. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, yeah, so, that's all right. uh, so we were good. Um, so anyway, this is a fun little game that you can play. Uh, there are lots of dinosaurs. A lot of them, half the ones that are kind of referenced are that you see in the attraction are uh, dinosaur bones. Look, lots of great stuff. Whenever we're going through this attraction, too, with. Um, it kind of is a little dark. I mean, you do get some dinosaurs eating other dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. You have these scary moments, you know, with dinosaurs diving at you whenever we talk about the uh, pterodactyls, um, which was added on at a later time. Look, there's a lot of great stuff in this, but I want you guys to just give me one of your favorite moments, and we'll let people go in and kind of watch, you know, watch the attraction. Or I'm sure you've ridden it if, uh, if you're listening to this. Uh, Mike, one of your favorite moments of this ride. 
Uh, right by the end where that huge larger than life dinosaur just pops out. That's my favorite one, that gigantic animatronic. That's that's my favorite part of the ride. Uh, I think that it scares the girls all the time regardless as you kind of get face-to-face with them. So uh, that's one of my favorite parts that, of the ride. You're saying the one right at the very, very end as it comes towards you as you go down the hill? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I do like that as well. That That's a big one. It's moment. fantastic. Can we Can we... Can we compare it a lot to the Jurassic Park ride at Universal? Mm-hmm. Where the T-Rex comes directly at you as well? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh- <laughs> but also, look, I, here's the... here's the here, This tells you how good the animatronics are. The fact that, yes, you are going down some slight hills, some, some pieces of it and stuff like that, but the animatronics and the ride vehicles working in tandem with the sound and the lights... And the storytelling, you know, from from the narration, it is done so well that you lose yourself in this in this attraction. Like in that moment when that one is screaming at you, and the whistling of the of the um, of the meteor, the air, yeah. is coming through the atmosphere, and 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 Seeker going, "We're not gonna make it. We're my not gonna lines. make it." And then he's like, oh. It's my favorite Disney lines ever, Dave. Right. I use it all the time. Yes, I know you do. It's a little scary. <laughs> We're not going to make it. We're, We're not going to make, make it. it. Oh, we made it. <laughs> we I knew you would. Um, my other favorite line in the attraction that always makes me laugh a little bit, and it happens right in the middle of it, so I'm not even sure if you're familiar with it, but um, there's the moment, the second time you meet the uh, Carnotaurus, and you have to like speed away from it because it's starting to chase you a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Seeker goes, Seeker goes, four-wheel drive, go, go, go. And I'm like, how have we not been in four-wheel drive this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> like, who goes on an adventure into the, into the Cretaceous period and, um, and doesn't take a four-wheel drive Jeep? What are we doing with this thing? Like, we have to engage four-wheel drive? <laughs> that, that seems like a rookie mistake. That's all I'm saying. Look, I mean, there's there's some amazing scenes. Dave, I'm going to give you – Mike took that one. What's your next favorite? If you don't say this one, you're insane because it's the one everyone looks forward to. I mean the photo op. Boom. Yeah. You nailed it. That's like, it. Yeah. And so the photo op is great. Um, that moment where you've only just realized it's there. It's looming over you. Uh, can we discuss Disney's ability to time a photo? It's the best. It's incredible. Like from take take for example an attraction like Pirates where even with that they give you just one pinpoint where there's nothing else around you 360 degrees to look there's nothing else around you except for one thing that's all you can and do. so all eyes go to there now most people don't know it's there so there's just these like people just looking up at it like sitting in their chairs like yeah <laughs> oh you know oh. people yelling at their kids <laughs> sit down you know, yes all the that. drop is coming you might get wet <laughs> sit down um by the way i get a lot wetter on pirates now than i used to that they have raised the water level in there let me tell you that much um i don't know if but yeah true. i know i completely agree it might just be they more do such in the boat is that what it is? <laughs> just my side of my side of the boat might just be that. Um, but just but like tampered down a little bit. Um, Splash Mountain, the photo is taken just at that moment where the fear becomes real of the drop, and you go, oh, and it happens, and I love it. Like, and same with this dinosaur. Like, you've realized it's there, it's looming there, it roars, and just at that moment where the kid is freaking out. <laughs> 
um, the, 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 they, they take that photo and the kid is always going, <laughs> I love it. Uh, t- it's, 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 it's one of the best ones on Disney property here. Here's, here's where I think this attraction is really underappreciated is it's really easy to do a roller coaster. Yep. Like it really is because the thrill's already there. Yeah. Like, yes, you can add the story to it, but it's really easy to do. But when you're working with a building that's pretty much flat and you've got to tell a story of going back 65 million years into the middle of a jungle to find a dinosaur and it has to be it's, fun, scary, exciting. How do you make it a thrill ride? How? It's like it's, it's a flat surface. It's really well done. Like it's it's I I don't think people appreciate it. I really don't. Nope. I mean, it's 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 incredible with what they've done. They pretty much took the safari and said, "Hey, we're going to take you back 65 million years and this is what we can do with it." Yeah. And by using those smoke machines that are the largest in the world, you know, as far as uh it goes, like to create that fog and that eeriness and the darkness in the right places and all that. It's great. You know, my favorite spot before we move on. It's it's not my favorite. My favorite you two have mentioned, but one of my favorites is where the uh Aliramus is eating the uh the the smaller dinosaur, which I could the Brachiochampus is what it's called. Ooh. Um and the legs and the tail A are wiggling out. Yeah. It's the first time you realize, holy moly, we're not safe. Right. It 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 implies that whole you might get eaten. You might get eaten. Yeah. Like these dinosaurs are not here to play. Like right. they will eat you. Um one of my favorite dinosaurs, which just gets like a short mention in this, uh the Compsognathus. Uh the, mm. which are the tiny little ones that kind of jump. Yep. It was done as one of the upgrades. It wasn't part of the original ride. Um but then with the interactive screens, they they jump from one side to the other, uh across uh, to a log and and the computer just goes Compsognathus. And I'm like, yeah, I, I love compies. They're great. Um, um, you know what's funny too, man, is like we, we look at technology now and how it's changed since this attraction opened, you know, all those years ago. And they, it has gone through upgrades. You know, it's, it's gone through multiple refurbs. And we have seen the impl, imp, implementation. Oh, my You're doing goodness. Great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Yeah. There's an uh, 11 of screens. Yep. Yeah. Um, how much would you want more screens in this attraction? Or are you okay with the audio animatronics being the lead of the story? Because I love it the way it is. I think that I what think makes subtlety it. is fine, you know, here and there, but don't put them and let it be this crazy 3D thing. If we make it too 3D with too many screens, it may as well just be at Universal. Oh, I'm it sorry. Did universe- I say that out loud? <laughs> oh, um, <clears throat> Uh-huh. Universal Unleashed, uh, Knights of Fear coming soon. Ooh. Details. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Good segue. Um, yeah, no, that's what makes this ride uh, is the, the like that pterodactyl that flies at you. Yes. That, like it's yeah. a 3D flying thing. <laughs> it's If you want to get really specific. Wow. Dinosaur. I use this I use this a huge word and you go with 3D flying well, thing. Well, I was going to say like it's a <laughs> You're dinosaur. This, I, well, I was going to say it was a dinosaur <laughs> and then if you want to get really specific a pterodactyl doesn't count as a dinosaur. So, um, it, it's a prehistoric creature but it's not actually an official dinosaur. But uh, just in case there was like a dinosaur nerd out there, I didn't want to upset anybody. So I'm going to go with 3D flying thing. Shush. I I'm also Mike. I'm actually really happy that the lead parts in this story 
we're not just dinosaurs we all know. It's not the T-Rex and it's not the Triceratops and it's not the, you know what I mean? Like we get these fantastic new additions to this story that we have never heard of before we rode this attraction. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and if you have kids that are into dinosaurs, it, it's the, you know, it gets the dialogue going with them. And I mean, I know certain kids really like dinosaurs and they, they uh, you know, my nephew is, is a huge dinosaur guy. I know Justin, you are too. So, you know, if you're trying to, you know, learn something about them, it kind of gets the kids asking questions. You know, we talked, I think it was last week, we were talking about, you know, some of the old school Mickey Mouse stuff and the kids mm-hmm. bringing up the dialogue. So now you have kids that could be into dinosaurs that maybe they're not so much into the old Mickey Mouse cartoons. Now they're talking about their getting to experience some other dinosaurs now they can ask questions and it becomes a learning learning experience and when you pull your kids out of school well you have a learning experience so it's a good thing well dave we end the attraction with saving the day um look i have been a the lead um kind of not basher of lasers being used at walt disney world for certain things let's talk the little mermaid stage show it's really horrible Uh um but uh look it's really well done in this i mean i think it your time travel the moments you travel you know through time really works for this as far as the fog and the lasers and the sound and all that and we do arrive back at the institute with uh like you said a much larger uh passenger in tow um for you the story as a whole where does it rank with other disney story i mean it's hard to put it against some attractions because those are those are the stories we grew up with you know watching cartoons right. or or you know movies stuff like that but where does it rank as a whole I mean, like in it's the disney a great company story i i like the bow that happens on this the the tie up of the story at the very end uh, if you've ever stopped in that first part of the merchandise store when you get upstairs back where they used to display your photos they no longer display your photos uh, but back where they used to on the other side there's like three monitors that are flicking between random shots of potentially inside some Somewhere in the Dino Institute with just this giant iguanodon wandering around and Seeker is in the halls redirecting security the wrong direction. And it's just, it's actually <laughs> really funny. And this might be more of a reflection on how often I stand there waiting for people to come off the ride that I've watched it that many times. That I, But he's like, and he's like directing people the wrong that way. That way, that way, that way. And then he's like, and, and, and you hear like the radio going off and uh, we, uh, we've, got a, we've got an intrusion in Sector 8 and, uh, and there's all this like chatter on the radio that's happening as you walk through it. It's actually really well done. It ties in the storyline. It takes you from uh, uh, Felicia Rashad handing it off to Seeker, Seeker sending you on this mission, completing the mission, and then where did this iguanodon wind up? I love it. Like, yeah. So uh, um, it is a great story. Speaking of the, the gift shop, to, to be honest, it's one of my favorite gift shops. Here's why. I own a lot of Disney stuff, like a lot. Like we walk through gift shops, like, oh, we got that. And yeah, we got that. Oh, we got one of those, you know, some of those. We tend to let Riley buy stuff from here. Like she did the fossil digging kit from here one time. She's bought like a dinosaur egg from here one time. Look, it's still just stuff that ends up in a drawer somewhere, which all Disney parents understand how that goes. But at the time, it's something new and different and cool. Also, I want to talk just for one second. This is a fantastic spot. One of my favorite spots for the kids to go and to do um, the uh, – um, oh, help me. I've gone brain dead. Um, uh, the book, the, the – caca, caca, rawr. Wilderness um, Explorers. Wilderness Explorers. You're doing Jeez. Great. 
I, I wasn't going to let him off the hook on that one. I was enjoying both, the animation. It's fun guys, to watch him flail. <laughs> can we can we talk about the fact that it's Sunday night at 9.40. Normally this show's already dropped, but we had some stuff go on this week, so we weren't able to get together. We're here. So we're making it happen. We're, we're, we are what we are. We hope you love us for who we are. It's not much, but <laughs> uh, do you all, did Mike? Do you do you spend time in this gift shop, or is this a run through after you get your photo? Uh, run through. I was never a big dinosaur guy. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. No. No. Oh. I mean, they were okay, but I'm not really a dinosaur fan. Whereas like, Justin oh, and no. I are comparing geodes, and uh, uh, yes, uh, yeah. Like, there's some really fun. Little, there's some great shirts in there. Um, there are. There's the dinosaur. I've got two of them. I've got the one. Yeah, you've like, got that. The, if you're happy and you know it, clap your. No, uh, I don't have that one. I've got the one where he's got the I getter, like the Tyrannosaurus Rex has the yep. has the hand getter. You know, yep. yeah, yeah, the I am unstoppable. But yeah, my I am unstoppable. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, I should have worn that tonight. I, I like the uh, the pterodactyl failing the spelling test. Yeah, and it's a, a, it's all about the words that begin with the letter T, and he's put a P in front of all of them. So like, there's some it. really fun little bits in there. Uh, it's worth stopping by. Uh, it is. <laughs> For placement of a terrible gift shop, if you have a small boy, it, yes. it's way up there with pirates. Yes. Like, you can't get out yes. of either of those attractions without um, pirates, Tower of Terror, uh, like, Dinosaur. I'm just trying to think. Like, there are some that you can kind of dodge. Like, yes, that, this one the, you I cannot. The buzz, the buzz Ooh, one you have to buzz. walk through is a tough one. Yep. Yeah. Dinosaur is right? a tough one. Pirates, I think, is the... If you have a kid that loves pirates, that is the toughest gift shop because it's, it's massive. The worst. It goes forever. And the second, here's how smart they are. The second you walk out in the bins right there in, in the barrels, there are swords, swords. And, and hooks, <laughs> like hand hooks and eye patches and like cannonballs uh, that you can, you know, or like it's just yeah. Nobody merchandises right like Disney. <laughs> No, they don't. They're fantastic at it. Well, guys, I tell you what, I love this attraction. Yeah. For me, it's one of those things that I really, really enjoy. And it was on my brain this week with buying tickets before to go see uh, Jurassic World, you know, the final one coming up. One of my favorite movies of all time, Jurassic Park. And it always takes me back to this. I really appreciate this attraction for what it is. I appreciate the idea that Michael Eisner brought to say, hey, we need something in this place that's going to be fun and it's going to be, uh, you know, scary and, and exciting. And he challenged the Imagineers and in, in return, the Imagineers challenged the animators and we got a Disney movie out of it. And it's gone through a lot of changes over the years, but I still think it holds up to this day uh, to all of those things that Michael Eisner wanted. So I really do hope that on your next Disney vacation, you go and you uh, try this attraction because it really is fantastic. You know, during this episode, we were able to touch on one of the amazing parts of this ride, and that was the camera placement, because there's some great ride photos that come out of this. You know, we talked about how Disney's such a great job of, you know, capturing that great moment. And you know what? We had some great moments caught by our Disney, by our DDP Today family. They put them on our DDP Today Facebook page, you know, and that brings me to my favorite thing every week, and that would be Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. All right, Dave, since we missed you the last week or so, why don't you tell me what your pick of the week? Well, my pick of the week has been posted, I think it's like six hours ago, and I was so super excited to see this. Uh, uh, Seth Dawson announcing on our DDP Today podcast Facebook page uh, that 
his boy James uh, is getting uh, an upgrade in his role uh, arriving this Christmas. He is going to be a big brother. And even just saying that gives me awesome, gives man. me goosebumps. So excited for the Dawson family uh, and for James to take on that role as a big brother. Uh, very exciting news and uh, just a wonderful photo uh, with some serious Disney action happening in it. Disney hats, Disney baby hats, big brother, Mickey Mouse shirt. Uh, you can't get a better Disney announcement uh, than that right there. It was beautiful. I love it. Love it. That, congratulations. That's my pick congrats. of the week. Yeah, congrats. Congrats, Seth. Justin, what do you got for me? What's your pick of the yeah, week? Yeah, man. Um, I'm going to go with my buddy, Robert Parker. He says, bummed I won't be on the cruise, but I'll be there in spirit. And he's on his boat, and his boat um, looks like like the speedometer and all that. He's a hidden Mickey he had put in. Um, there's no way that's by accident. I know for a fact that he, knowing, knowing uh, uh, Robert, he would have done that on purpose. Um, absolutely love it, man. It's keeping it Disney every single day. And, dude, I've, I've been able to talk to him quite a bit recently because – not only are we working together on something fun for his family, um, but also he was supposed to join us this week um, as an e-ticket guest. Um, and so he will be joining us next week just with my schedule and stuff going on. I wasn't able to record, and so, uh, man, missed him. But he'll be on next week, and we've got an awesome topic that he's a uh, kind of an expert at, so we're excited to bring him on and, and chat about that. So, man, I'm love really excited for that. Me too, dude, because I don't know anything uh. about it. No, I've done some research. I'm ready for it. I, I, I'm, I've got some. I've got some questions about it. Me too. I, I, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm stoked, ready. man. I'm real stoked. Right. Uh, Mike, how about you, buddy? Uh, my pick of the week is going to go to Chris Peraria, and it says, up until last year, my stepdaughter has never been to Disney. Uh, she loves Rapunzel, and she'd been disappointed when she hasn't been able to get to meet her up close. But finally, she does, and there's a great picture of her with Rapunzel. And Chris, you have my pick of the week. I absolutely love it, uh, guys. Keep those pictures coming. You can join our social medias, of course, DDP Today uh, Family on Facebook. That's where we're the most active by far. Um, if you're interested in joining the Patron Family. For as little as two dollars a month, actually cheaper if you do the yearly, uh, you can uh, you can join us. You get access to that private Facebook group. Let me say this: we had a few people join this week. Um, if you join, please make sure to go over and request to join the DDP Today Patron Facebook group. Um, it's hard for me to find you uh, sometimes because we're not friends on personal pages and stuff like that to add you. So make sure to go over and request to join that. I always double check to make sure you know it's the right people getting into that and stuff like that. So just but make sure to go do that. Um, but you can join. It's it's a fantastic group, and not only are you supporting the show, but also you are joining this uh, this amazing group to where we chat over there about certain things. It gets a little more adult on that side as well, and also you do get the extra portion of the show each and every week. And depending on what what uh, segment you're on, you do get video of the show and the show does come out a day early so really and, really nice and you better be prepared for this week because i got a soapbox and i am uh, I got oh, i'm excited to, for this. i got something to discuss okay i hope it's about what i want to talk about oh we'll find out very shortly is it about marriages got nothing to do with that <laughs> okay all right all right because i've got a fun topic no, for us no, too, wow so that's uh no mine is it's not about be... proposals not at all. Mine okay. is going right. to be my soapbox is about crazy levels of Disney. Okay. Okay. All right. Good. All right. All right. Yeah, we'll jump into that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, lots of good stuff out there. Last but not least, guys, if you enjoy what we're doing, trying to create this positive, you know, place to uh, to come to to share not only your Disney love but stuff about your family too. Um, go and slap us five stars. Leave us a nice review. Helps us reach more and more people each and every week. But mainly. This all happens because of you guys, and we appreciate you all 
um, for for letting us come into your lives, letting us be a part of your Disney family. Um, for almost five years now, we've been doing this, and it really has been uh, very fulfilling for us. And we hope that the relationships that maybe you've made on the side uh, are fulfilling for you as well. So we appreciate you guys. That's you all who build this, not us. We are just the goofballs that sit and talk in these mics uh, each and every week. So with that said, guys, let's close it up and head to Patreon because now I'm excited to talk about uh, Dave's topic. Uh, Mike? Yeah, I'm glad I got to see you, uh, Dave, this week. We missed you. I'm glad we're not eating weird things tonight during the Patreon because that was kind of something you missed out on, Dave, last week. Uh, so I'm glad it's a topic of conversation and not uh, involving food this week. But uh, I had a great time talking about one of your favorite rides, Justin, and uh, I had a great week. Dave? Uh, you know I have on previous occasions spoken passionately about Dono Land USA in general. Uh, I think it is underrated. I didn't get it on that soapbox today in this episode because we wanted to keep it about Dinosaur the Attraction. Uh, but I do love Dinosaur the Attraction. Uh, I think it... Um, it can sometimes be that like redheaded stepchild of of mm-hmm. the park where you're like we're going in for Avatar, we're going in for Everest, we want to do Kilimanjaro Safari. Oh, we, yeah, we may as well do Dinosaur while we're there. Um, but it is a great ride. Um, it's interactive, it's engaging, and I love it. So yeah, fantastic. Yep. Um, DDP today, family, have an amazing week. Uh, go spread some Disney cheer. Be positive. Have some fun, and uh, man, we just love coming to you each and every week, spending time with you guys, interacting with you on Facebook, and I hope to get to see each and every one of you in the parks very soon to give you a handshake and a hug, and thank you guys for, uh, for letting us be a part of your Disney family. So until next time, guys, have an amazing week. We will see you real soon. Have a good night, everybody. Cheers. Have a good night. On behalf of the Disney dads, we want to say thank you We hope you find a little magic in your life every day, spread some Disney love, and keep moving forward. And they all lived happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the wonder <laughs> And that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.